It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so Elliot um, came out earlier today. Jalen Carter, Eagles rookie defensive lineman, is being sued by a former Georgia football staffer. So it was one of the one one of the people that was from the staff uh, died in the in the crash. Yes, uh, one that didn't uh, is now suing uh, not only Georgia football but also Jalen Carter. Um, Victoria Bowles is suing Carter for leaving the scene of the accident and failing to try to offer aid to those involved in the crash. Uh, quote, and this is from the lawsuit, as defendant Carter was aware at the time he was jointly responsible for the crash. Instead, in part, uh, in part, obviously fearful of bad publicity and the effect on his NFL draft status, he hoped not to be questioned or take any responsibilities for his actions. And then she's also suing the University of Georgia for negligence because they allowed the staffer who was driving and was speeding to drive the rental car, and they knew he had a history of driving fast and things like that. But more, um, more to the uh, to the point of, of Jalen Carter. I mean, not exactly. And I know that they they at least they settled the, the criminal stuff, so you don't have to worry about that. This is civil. Yeah. But still, I mean, you just hope that like once this is over with, and they and they figure this part of it out, and whether they settle or whatever, that there's not some more of this stuff. But it's not a not a good start to the career to to be no. I mean, served with a lawsuit. You don't want to see this happen. With anybody, let alone a player that's on the team and your first-round pick. Uh, I mean, when the Eagles drafted Jalen Carter, this is what came with him. This incident is part of Jalen Carter's past. It doesn't mean it has to define him moving forward. It doesn't mean he will be a bad guy moving forward. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy in general. Right. But when the Eagles did their homework on Jalen prior to the draft and decided they were willing to draft him, they, this is what comes with it. The teams that passed on him, they're not dealing with this today. Right Now, if Jalen Carter is an outstanding player and he stays in line and this proves to just be a mistake that he made as a young individual, then the Eagles will have looked smart for drafting him. But they used a premium asset on a guy that other teams were not comfortable drafting. So it's on Howie, it's on Nick, it's on Jalen Carter, uh, and it's on you know like everyone in that building – to make sure that they put Jalen Carter in a situation where he he can uh, he can learn from what's happened and hopefully not have it happen again. But there is no other way around it. It is a bad look for a franchise to have a player that is being sued like this. So let's face it: if you if you pay attention to the pre-draft process and then what happened immediately afterwards, pretty much all the insiders, whether they were willing to say it or not, there was a lot of talk that that Jalen Carter wasn't well-liked from the Georgia coaching staff, and they weren't saying a lot of nice things about him. And that's how you, when you have 
top overall pick talent, that's how you fall to be to number nine with the Eagles, is that mm-hmm. the talent is there, but teams are like, you know what? We don't want to take a chance. We'll take this he's player probably right here. A top five, if yes. he's a stellar off-the-field guy, Easily he's probably top five. a top five, top three. You could argue two, maybe, but probably not. Easily. But that's how you got him at nine. So now it's a matter of, you know what? Like, How do we get this guy to a point where he's a great football player for us, and then he matures, and he lives... like Some of the things that... that that are reasons why he slipped, he grows up. And, you know, like this is the turning point of his life to where he says, you know what, like this is where I turn into a professional and this is where I make a lot of money in the NFL and I'm not hit with these off-field things. Because honestly, like this could go one of two ways. I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. Well, and what I think with this situation, and I I do believe this, when they drafted him draft night, I said – Jalen Carter needed the Eagles. The Eagles are one of, in my opinion, the best-run franchises in the league. I think that from being down at the NovaCare every day, they have they have built a environment where players can be successful. But I am not sure if all of his Georgia teammates being here with him is a good thing. I'm not saying it's definitely bad, and I think there's positives to it. But it's like when they say when you go away to college, if you just go to the same college as your friends – you just kind of do the same things. You hang out with them. You don't branch out as much. This isn't college, but I don't know if like all the people Jalen has been around, I'm not saying they're bad guys, but it's harder to break habits when you're around the same people. Agreed. So I think there's positives. I mean, being around Nolan Smith, I think Nolan Smith can be an excellent leader of this team for a really long time. We all know about N'Kobe Dean and his leadership. I've been very impressed by Jordan Davis. But I just, to your point, like this could go one of two ways. And and ultimately that that's on Jalen. But I'll, I'll also say to take this a step further, like I think this is an amazing opportunity for Fletcher Cox to step up and like kind of take this guy under his wing. It's not Fletcher's responsibility. He doesn't have to do it. It's not in his contract. But we work with former Eagles, and they always talk about guys that they remember taking under. They remember as rookies that really helped them grow and helped them mature and get used to the league. Fletcher is going to have his number retired by the team. He is an all-time Eagle. But he's also at a point of his career where he's towards the end of it. This would be a great way to kind of grow his legacy, where in hopefully five years, six years, Jalen Carter has you know stayed out of trouble off the field. He's a great player, and he's on these airwaves or whatever saying, I remember Fletcher really helping me. Yep. So I think this is a really good opportunity for Fletcher, who I think is a good guy from my experiences with him, to do that. I agree, and I think he will. He's been around the team more. He well, was at Kelsey's thing, which I thought was kind of surprising. He he's been at OTAs I, more. Yeah, I I didn't I I didn't I didn't think he would be one of the guys that was there, and it was great yeah. for him to be there to show support. But to your point, for all the talk of Fletcher Cox, and I know, and and I feel like that. I mean, honestly, I I agree with resigning him this offseason, maybe even over what they paid him last offseason, because what you would have paid to bring in a similar player this offseason. You're really paying that much more for Fletcher Cox, and you know what Fletcher's going to offer here. But anyway, um, never one time have I ever heard, and I've worked with Brandon on the Brandon Graham show for however many years now, Mm -hmm. the the Super Bowl year, right? And any other defensive lineman, a really defensive player on that team, the unanimous what they say about Fletcher Cox. He is one of the leaders, especially yeah. on that defensive line. Those young guys look to Fletcher Cox like he's an all-time eagle because he is, right? So, like, don't discount that, the power that he has on that line and the impact he can have on a guy like Jalen well, Carter. Well, and Fletcher, if you look at Fletcher Cox as a draft prospect back when he was drafted in Jalen Carter, 
there's a lot of similarities in them in the way that Fletcher, what made him so special, he's such a big guy that moves so fast and had such quick feet. And you saw that, not as much now, but early on in his career, in space, which I know he's not in a ton, but when he was in it, he was very— He would win. He would, yeah, and Jalen's like that. When yeah. you look at highlights of Jalen at Georgia, he wins so quick at the line of scrimmage, and his technique is already so good. So I think even just on the field, forget the off the field stuff, on the field, he can learn a lot from Fletcher. But 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 to circle back, like this is what the Eagles got themselves into when they drafted Jalen Carter. What you hope is that they were aware of this coming and they knew that there was going to be other things that would come yeah. out. And hopefully a year from now, this is not something that's being talked about. But Jalen is entering the league on thin ice. He's the he's the you know what I'm worried about most with him, and then we'll get back to the phones. Is that he be he immediately you see the talent and you're like, damn, he really is a top three yeah. pick. And Fletcher and some of the other guys leave. There's no one to check them, and and he, it's all his Georgia teammates. And it's all his Georgia teammates. Who's gonna Who's gonna put their foot down and be like, "Yo, dude, like your practice habits are getting sloppy. Yep, you're 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 not listening to the coaches and all that stuff." That's what I worry about with him, especially after he gets paid and after he becomes a star. What I mean, he sure acted like he sure acted like he was a star down at Georgia. Does he do the same thing here? Yeah, yeah it's well, the NFL. It's different. I thought one of the concerning things about him and it came out afterwards on Pro Football Talk, was that the Georgia staffers, or maybe not in this case use that term, but like the Georgia coaches were not speaking highly of him. Like you all, like it, it benefits Georgia for their players to be drafted high because then when they recruit, they can say, look at these guys, we've got in the top, top 10. 10. We got, you know, we got Jalen Carr in the top three. So if the report is true that the Georgia coaches were not speaking highly of Jalen, like, I think that's super concerning. I'll read you what Florio wrote after the draft. He said, when it comes to, to defensive tackle Jalen Carter, the word making the rounds before the draft was that Georgia coaches did not have nice things to say. We specifically decided not to mention any of that until after he was picked so as not to participate in the pre-draft effort to get guys to fall. Mm-hmm. But thank you very much, yes, Mike Florio. You're you a hero. Your service, yeah. <laughs> but to his point, a lot of times there's crap thrown out there to try to hurt the draft right. stock of another player. He goes on and he says, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media hinted at that last night after Carter became the ninth overall pick. We've heard it more bluntly and strongly. Members of the Georgia coaching staff are not Jalen Carter fans, and they weren't bashful about saying so. And what's interesting is the Eagles are a team that talks repeatedly about drafting guys that are Eagles. I mean, Sirianni could not be more clear that one thing he really benefits is the type of people they draft. Right, what the culture it brings, the how much they love football, how much that matters. So they must be seeing some positives. It was of worth Jaylen the risk somewhere. It yeah. was worth the risk, and they yeah. have these Georgia players. So they say with the Georgia players and with Fletcher and Brandon, we'll get them. We'll get them in the first year, and we'll change them. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but it's ne- You know, it's not good that on a off season that's been pretty quiet and everything's fine. Like it's it's just not good to have this come out about your first round pick. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go back to the phones, Elliot. We're going to talk to OG Wade. Let's do it. OG Wade, how are you, buddy? What's up, fellas? How are we doing today? What's up, Wade? Man, it's my new favorite Twitter follow. Yes, sir. That's my are you, boy. Are you guys Twitter buddies? Oh, come on. I had to follow him. Now, yeah. now so yeah. far with OG Wade on Twitter, would you give the thumbs up? 
But you're, you're you're a wild ride on Twitter, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's entertaining for sure. If you're looking for an entertaining follow, OG checks OG that Wade. Out. How many followers are we up to, OG Wade? You know, I think uh, close to twelve hundred. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But let me let me drop a little knowledge without college here Love on it. this one. Now, Elliot, you said that you've picked, you watched the game, and you wrote down. About the uh, plays and everything, and you use a ton of offensive plays that you've seen that you know went wrong, what have you. Yes. And I didn't quite hear you say about the defense, but I would say this here to that: the offensive plays that you did mention, those are plays that will happen in any type of game. I don't know that any offense that every play they run will go, you know, correctly 100%. and positive. 100%. So I would say that. But here's what I would say about the defense. Now, what we do know about the offense is that we did put up 35 points. That's a fact, okay? Mm -hmm. So 35 points being posted by your offense, that's sufficient to win any football game. Forget a Super Bowl, but any football game, you should win that game, okay? Chances are. But you do need help from your defense. And I would say this here is that the plays that was missed on and, – and, and, and you also stated that the – chemistry and the flowetry of the offense seemed off. You know why it did? Why? Because Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen came into that game with their game plan is keep away from uh, Patrick Mahomes. That is not something that we're comfortable with. That's not our offensive style of play. We are, a, you know, aggressive play player. Well, what's interesting about that, if you remember, I think it was week three, their first year together, they went into that plan in Dallas. Yep, yep, yep. And, yep. and, and it was one of their worst offensive games of, exactly. of the year. So we went through that Super Bowl, playing it that way, and that's why it looked it not organic. It looked it awkward because we're out there running plays just to be running the clock. Mm. Notice how many uh, timeouts Jalen had to call because the, we didn't get the playoff right. You know what I'm saying? Because we're trying to bleed the clock. That that has an effect on your offense, the flow. Expect, you know, and, and it knocks you off. So not to make any excuses, but Kenny from 30-30, he made a very great point there. With Isaac Sayamato, I don't think he got enough blame, but Isaac Sayamato jumped off sides there. Okay, that now we goes into a real fourth uh, uh, down where we actually got to get this one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't fourth down, but anyway, it was third down. Yeah, he blew his he blew his block on the very next play, mm-hmm. which made Jalen have to you know try to do too much instead of him just going and taking that sack. He went try to switch the ball, and he was going to try to get yards out of that when there was it, nothing really to Wade, be done. If he doesn't jump off, if there's not a false start, it's a third and one. They get the first down on a quarterback yeah. sneak, and they have a fresh well, set of downs by why, the fifty yard line. That's why, to me, and I agree, like. 35 points. If you told me before the game they scored 35 points, I would think they have a good chance of winning that game. I wouldn't be as confident as I would against other teams, but 35 points, I think you have a good chance of winning the game. But rewatching mm-hmm. it, while I agree the defense did not play well, it felt like the offense's mistakes were, were, were more within their own control. You're right. If you run 60 plays in a game, there are going to be mistakes. I get that. But all year, we saw this team play such clean football that, to me, it was just disappointing in the biggest moment. The, the defense struggled. That's going to happen against Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes. But, like, the penalties, the turnovers, it felt like if they play that game right, wait, 10 times, you. you don't see that as much. Here, is the, here are the possessions in the second half. Chiefs touchdown, Eagles field goal. Chiefs touchdown, Eagles punt. Chiefs touchdown, that came off the punt return. Uh, three plays, five yards after that. Eagles touchdown, Chiefs field goal. 
So one, two, three, four, four possessions for the, the Chiefs. They went touchdown, 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 field goal. Like, listen, I know the offense didn't call, didn't score a lot of points in the second half. I know the offense, like, like the, the defense has got to give you something. they got to get a I, stop. I, I don't disagree, but, like, that's not what the NFL is anymore. Like, you win those games by the offense on the Eagles side of the ball saying, no, 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 we're going to score too. But like, the Eagles also have a ton of talent on offense. But they field also goal, have a franchise Field goal, punt, and touchdown. Field it's goal, not good punt, enough. touchdown. That's but, two or three possessions. But, they, but the, three the pos- fact that you only get three possessions in a diamond of the defense, I, I, that's the bigger thing. I agree it matters you only got three, but you have to make the most of each then. Like, you have to. You point, like, look at the, in, in 17, when they won. They made the most of each of those possessions. When they had to score at the end, they scored at the All end. All right, to your point, seven minutes and 45 seconds of the clock for that field goal. 17 plays, seven minutes and 45 seconds. That's what I'm talking about. And they get three points. Yes. Like, you have to score a touchdown there. You have to score a touchdown. As it turns out, you're right. Like, they lost that game because the offense didn't capitalize and they made too many mistakes. All right, it's fourth and six from the 15. They were just at a third and 11. It was a short pass to Kenny Gamewell for five Another play I don't like, by the way. Throwing short of the sticks. So... Fourth and six, Kansas City 15. You are up in the game now. You're up three points. Yeah, because then they went up six. They went up six the, with yeah. the field goal. Was that a mistake? Yes, I would have gone for that. And I know fourth and six, like the odds there are not maybe on your side. But again, like would Doug Peterson have gone for that? I think Doug would have gone for that. Yes. That's the attitude yes, I wish I would have seen from like I, I can accept going down swinging. What I can't accept is them playing conservatively, trying not to lose. And here, and here's why he would have went for it. They're up 24-21. He knows, he knows and it's still early, but he knows that you only go up six with a, with a field goal. You score a touchdown, they're up, you're up 11. Yeah. It's a totally different game. Completely different game. It's a totally different yeah. game. So just those type of things. And again, it, think of how much A.J. Brown has to feel that for him to say it. Yep. You know, like it that's was, defla- not it was obviously just- deflating for a lot of people on that team. Yeah. My guess is it's not just AJ that feels that. All right. So, Derek and Trenton, we were talking about this, the, the camping out for tickets and ticket scalping and things like that. Derek and Trenton actually used to work for a ticket scalper. Derek, how are you? How are you? How are you? Um, yeah. Back in, the, back in the 80s, I worked for a scalper. We used to, well, actually, Tron back then. It wasn't even Ticketmaster yet. Right. Wow. And, yeah, we, we, we used to go, you know, they, they would keep us out of, like, Oxford Valley or Quaker Bridge Mall parking lot. They wouldn't let you in until, like, 5 in the morning, but we'd be doing recon missions and hiding out in bushes, and it was great. So <laughs> did, so did you used to camp out and then buy as many tickets as you could, and then that's when yeah. you would you would sell them on the secondary market? Yeah, well, well, I wanted I, – I was only a teenager, so I would either get 50 bucks or I'd get a choice ticket. So I saw, like, you know, Grateful Dead first row, Pink wow. Floyd second row. Like all the good bands, I, I used to always take the ticket. <laughs> and this does feel like a better system than we have now. Like now, it's oh, so well, it's so leaned on all the computers can buy them, and they they code this. Like you're pretty much buying it on StubHub. You're not getting it. Right. It's very rarely are people getting these tickets firsthand. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. And um, you know, back then it was just it, it was better. It was easier access with everything, and you know, like you like concerts wouldn't sell out in five minutes. You know, you had a right. shot at things. Yeah, you had a shot, and 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 thank you, Derek. You had a shot, and if you wanted to wait for thirty six hours and camp out for thirty six hours, it gave you a shot to where you were going to get one of the one of the first tickets sold. I remember one time, I think it was for remember when Allen Iverson was still on the team. I think they played the Charlotte Hornets in the playoffs. Like Baron Davis was still on the team. Me and my dad got four tickets, but then decided we were going to sell the other two, and we tried to sell them in the parking lot. 
And this guy comes up, he's going to buy it from us. And he just completely hustled us. We're like, well, let's say it was $100. We'll sell them to you for $100. He goes like, here, right, 20 40 And he's like, oh, the cops. And just ran with the tickets and the rest of the money. No way. Yeah, so that was that was my one experience into uh, trying to make a profit on something. Well, there, there you go. Learn my lesson. For sure. Yeah, I mean, and that was part of the and, – and, and that's one of the reasons now it's nice to where you know that even though you're getting hit with fees and you're probably paying more money than, than you want to – you know the ticket's legit. Yes. And if you needed to resell it from there, you could also resell it from there. I, you know, I bought a stolen ticket. I bought what they considered a stolen I, ticket. I would be way too nervous to ever spend $500 on a piece of paper to think it's getting well, me in the game. it got me in the game. And, and I, it was worth it, I guess. And I witnessed. Yeah, $500 on the worst loss of your life. And you know what else? I was at the World Series game where they got no hit. You're good luck. So I was at a World Series yeah. no, hit, no hit game. And I was at the Eagles losing the NFC Championship game to the Buccaneers. Next year when the Sixers in the second round, just stay at home. I've also seen them win the World Series. I was in person to see them win the World Series. All right, Series. there you go. Good luck's turning around. Just saying. 215-592-9494. you blaming me, Nick Earnshaw? I see you looking at me like that in there. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the past couple times you've gone to a game, they they haven't been really good ones. Like, like the no-hit. Like yeah. you just mentioned, yeah, I, I you said yeah, the I, luck's I, turning. It wasn't turning. It's going the opposite direction from I think the World Series. The, the Phillies don't get enough credit for choking away that World Series. I agree. Up two to one, getting no hit. Is that one of the greatest choke jobs like we've ever seen in this city? Pretty big. Everyone calls the sick. I don't. I don't want to get back into this. But like that was a massive choke job. Sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're at home with, with literally with no hit. Up. Right, and you got no hit. Yeah. And that was the one game I had tickets to. Lovely. And they were getting scalped for 36, well, not scalped, but they were getting sold for 3600 bucks a ticket on the secondary market. You wouldn't even have to start your own foot website if I, you would have sold it. Man, I could, just, I could have taken an extra yeah, long vacation. Exactly. See, next year, your foot website can pay for all these games. That, there you that go. Blow. There you go. Well, Nick, I'm hiring you to, to manage the site. Mm, You're hired. One. Oh, Two, man. 215-592-9494. All right. Did the offense need to capitalize more than the Eagles' defense had to get a stop? The Eagles, as we purge the Super Bowl. Your phone call's coming up next. 215-592-9494. It's Marks and Reese on 94 WIP.